The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 3 Chapter 3 A herd of stray cats streamed across the gravel road in front of Dode Schneider's farmhouse. They had their tails raised high, like furry rudders. They moved like they knew where they were headed. Must have been two dozen of them. A couple of skinny mama cats batted kittens along. The herd made a beeline toward the Wyatt Mansion. The old Wyatt Mansion was a Victorian, with towers on each end. Gray slate shingles shone like scaly snakeskin on the steep roof. The mansion sat on a hill, just outside of town, on the twisty roller coaster road up the knobs. Slapped together of crumbling red brick from the local brick plant, the house was covered in vines that refused to green up regardless of the season. It looked like the kind of place I'd hang out, if I were a ghost, or if I were hiding from the law. We turned down a rutted dirt path. The Chevy humped along until we reached the turn onto Dode's farm. Apparently, Dode didn't believe in mowing his yard. The weeds slapped the bottom of the car as we bumped along. I pulled in beside Dode's red, short-bed Ford. Dode's farmhouse was a simple place. A story and a half, white frame house with a curved porch that hugged the front entrance, like a set of welcoming arms. A curtain of tangled blue morning glories half hid the porch but not the section to the right of the front door where a line of rocking chairs sat in the shade. Dode sat in the rocker closest to the door, a rifle laid across his knees. He was dressed in his customary long-sleeved flannel shirt and bib overalls. He raised one hand and waved at us with the rifle. Them there ghosts are still there. He pointed the rifle toward the apple orchard across the way that ran along the far side of the Wyatt Mansion. I was up all night keeping an eye on them for you. Vini bounced out of the car, eager to get started. She'd scared up a ghost-busting outfit at the Goodwill. I was wearing blue jeans and a red camp shirt with flowered canvas sneakers. I looked like a normal old lady headed out to shop at the Walmart. Vini, who was wearing a white, pest-controlled jumpsuit, a red Indiana University football helmet, and a munitions belt, looked more like she was headed for trouble. Vini's drab green military belt was loaded with gadgets. Her BB pistol was stuffed into the belt. She jingled when she walked. She had two tubes of BBs stuck in her belt. I wasn't asking about any of this. Dode leaned his rifle up against the house and gave us both hearty handshakes. Made us a pitcher of cold well water, he said. Go ahead, have you some. Vini pulled a Boy Scout's tin cup out of her munition belt. She flipped up the mouth guard on her helmet and knocked back some water. 
I made like a little old lady and sipped on one of the ball jars Dode offered me. Dode asked Vini if she was the Ghostbuster. Yep, first official case. I watched some tapes on YouTube. Ghosts aren't all that smart. Ought to have this wrapped up in no time. Dode's eyes widened. Ghosts are dim-witted? I imagine them to be smart puppies. They're just like us. They was us, but then they got stuck trying to leave their bodies. And we just have to help them along. I had to ask, where did you learn that? I figured it out. When you die, there's that tunnel. Dode leaned forward, all ears. The one with the big light? Yeah, if you're lucky. You gotta head toward that light fast. Some folks get confused and miss the tunnel. Confused? About what? Dode asked. Well, they've lost their arms and legs, and they are a-flying all over the place. Probably sputter around a good bit, like firecrackers. So they miss the tunnel, and then they have to wait for another light to swing by and pick them up. Probably takes a couple of passes before they get comfortably climbed on board. Dode nodded thoughtfully. You think these here ghosts are friendly? Probably, probably just confused. They need us to tell them where to go. I was listening. All this sounded both harebrained and quite reasonable to me, like most of what Vini concocted in her head. The two of us had been best pals since the 60s, when we ran adjacent plastic molding machines at the Bold Mold Factory. So pretty much nothing she said or did fazed me. Vini pulled out a notebook and a stubby yellow pencil from one of the large side pockets on her pest-control jumpsuit. The notebook had unicorns on it. The stubby pencil was a county fair freebie from Skinny Davis's hardware store, which had gone out of business back in 1963. I have to ask you some questions before we map the whole darn place for electrical disturbances. You have any reason to believe these ghosts might be demons? Demons? Dode scooped up some chaw from a tin and tucked it in one cheek. Brown juice trickled down his chin. He wiped it on the back of his hand. His Adam's apple bobbled up and down, taking his tight collar for a ride. Have they threatened you? Tried to push you down the stairs? Vini, who was in dragnet mode, was taking notes like a pro. Oh, gosh darn no. They mind their own business, mostly. Once or twice, they flashed their big asses this way. That scared me. But no, they ain't tried anything mean-spirited. That's good, because sometimes ghosts aren't lost. They know where they are, and they know where they are headed. They drag their ghost tails on this side of eternity for a good reason. Anyone ever murdered or tortured over at that mansion? Gosh darn, no, don't think so. That place has been empty long as I can remember. Our mama never let us go in that place. Said it was bad luck. 
said it was evil, what with old Jedediah stealing the town blind and abandoning his own newborn kin. Mama always said old Wyatt was a devil, and if we ever went in that place, we'd come back out with the devil burning inside us. What Dode said rang true. Everybody in town was scared of that old house, too scared to even vandalize the place. As far as everyone in town was concerned, the place wasn't just haunted, it was cursed. Vini snapped shut her notebook. Well, don't you worry your head none. Me and RJ, we'll get to the bottom of this. We're not afraid of no ghosts, are we, RJ? Heck no. I hoped I sounded convincing. We'd already deposited the retainer. Now that Vini had mentioned demons, I was feeling more cautious. I'd seen the exorcist. No way I wanted my head to spin around. My arthritis was bad enough without some big-butted demon twisting on my neck. Vini stood up and straightened her munitions belt. She looked like General Patton headed into battle. Those apple trees there, those where the ghosts hang? Yep, right in the middle. They swing back and forth. They clack a bit, too. I wrinkled my nose. Clack? Yeah, like maybe they have chains they are swinging. Don't ghosts have chains? I looked at Vini. Sure, some of them do. You ever see them ghosts in the daytime? Anyone else ever go into that house? Nope. The ghosts only come out and hang at night. No one goes in or out over there. Saw what looked to be a fancy-pants county assessor take a peek on the outside yesterday. He just shook his head, got in his car, and drove away. Cats love the place. Other than that, it's a ghost house for sure. Ready, Ruby Jane? Vini asked as she tightened her belt. I reckon, I said. You being a pro and all, I'll just follow your lead. We'll start out in the orchard. We can check around the yard for open graves. People used to bury their kinfolk in the yard right alongside the family pets. We got to be on the lookout for stuff like that. I wasn't going to ask what stuff like that meant. I figured I'd find out soon enough. Vini had a tiny folding shovel strapped to her belt. I figured if we found any suspicious holes... I could roll Vini down into them. She was smaller and rounder than me, nosier, too. I could tie a rope around her, yank her back out if need be. Vini bounced in front of me and headed across the yard, her red football helmet barely visible over the tall weeds and goldenrod. For an old lady with a heart condition, she rolled at a remarkable pace. We burst out of the weeds into a mossy area under the apple trees. Vini had taken a small black electrical box out of a holster on her munitions belt. The box had a dial. It made a crackling sound like a bad electrical wire. It looked like the thing electricians use to check voltage on electrical boxes. What in tarnation is that? EMF detector. 
She scanned the meter across tree trunks. The orchard boasted about 20 gnarled apple trees, most of them scaly with lichen. It was still spring, so while the leaves were out, the trees hadn't fully budded yet. What's that contraption do? Detects electrical impulses. That's how you tell if you have ghosts sneaking around. They leave electrical waves, like how a snail leaves a trail of slime. It's called ectoplasm. Looks like green slime at nighttime. Didn't you ever watch Ghostbusters? That contraption you got looks like an ordinary voltage meter to me. Best I could do on a budget. I asked Harry to get us a real EMF meter, but they cost $500. What did he say? Stop pestering me. We spent a couple of hours poking around in the apple trees. Other than the fact the orchard needed a good pruning, everything looked normal. The trees closest to the house had thin, blackened branches that looked like skeleton fingers to me. A few leaves had budded out. They looked like sharp green fingernails. Got anything yet? I asked Vini as we made our way toward the house. I was getting hot and hungry. I'd made us a picnic lunch. It was wadded up in the bottom of my messenger bag. Boiled eggs, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a liter of Big Red on an ice pack for the both of us. Vini stopped scanning tree trunks and blew her nose. The ragweed pollen was getting to her. Got nothing yet, but that don't mean a thing. Ghosts are sneaky like that. Probably cleaning up after themselves. The horseflies were out now, and they were lunching on my neck. I swatted a couple. You hungry? Vini plopped down on the moss under a tree. We made quick work of our lunch while plotting our next move. While Vini had been scanning trees, I'd been kicking around in the weeds. Nothing too suspicious. A few badass gopher holes smack in the middle of the orchard. Prime gopher territory. Apples fell off the trees and rolled right straight into their little underground kitchens. There was a pile of old tin and boards heaped up close to the house. But I wasn't up to digging around in that. That hot pile of tin looked like it might be home to some copperhead snakes if I ever saw one. It looked to me that the weeds leading up to the house were downtrodden. The weeds laid down into a narrow path about the size of a cow path or a deer trail. The trail seemed to lead up to the back porch door of the mansion. I pointed out the grass trail to Vini as we packed up the wax paper and napkins from our lunch. You reckon that's a ghost trail? Vini shook her head no. Ghosts don't have no feet. They float. She drew out her BB pistol and poured in some ammo. She rattled the gun for good measure. Cats? Deer? I asked. Deer loved crab apples. There weren't any apples on the trees yet, but the deer weren't fussy. They gnawed the sweet limb tips just the same. Could be. I eyed the back door to the Wyatt Mansion. 
The window was busted out but solidly boarded over. My eyes traveled across the back porch. Vines held the gray weathered house in a stranglehold. Lots of things could be living in that house. Even more could have died there. No one had nosed around in that house for a hundred years. And personally, I could see why. You game? I asked Vini as I swallowed the last of my big red pop. I didn't have to ask again. Vini was on her feet, clopping toward the back door. She had her hand on the grip of her BB pistol. Whatever lived in the Wyatt Mansion had better have its wits about it. It was about to go head-to-head with Lavinia Goins. And in the sixty years I'd known Vini, that contest had invariably had only one outcome. Vini busted a couple of boards off the bottom of the door window with the butt end of her flashlight. She kicked at the door while I twisted at the knob. We grunted and sweated and kicked some more. We threw everything we had at that back door, until eventually the rotted boards gave way and we fell straight into what looked to be the kitchen. So much for sneaking up on the ghosts. They'd have to be dead not to hear the two of us coming. Vini charged on. It was dark and musty inside the house. A long, white, porcelain sink with a faded red pump handle squatted to our right. A couple of rusty iron skillets hung from the pantry rafters. A single beam of light shot down the hallway into the kitchen. Vini decided to follow the beam. She had the only flashlight, so I decided to follow her. Cobwebs clung to our faces as we worked our way down the hall toward the beam of light. The light seemed to be streaming from the sitting parlor. That room faced Dode's farmhouse. Dirty streaks of light poured in through the high windows, which were cracked, boarded up tight from the inside. A limestone fireplace on one end was piled high with half-burnt trash and the cotton stuffing out of an old divan. The place smelled like a mouse piss and cat turd salad. Wallpaper wagged in tongues off the walls. Plaster had cracked off the ceiling and splattered in dusty piles across the wood floor. The place was what you might call a fixer-upper. I saw dust flakes and spiders drifting down from the tin ceiling as Vini swung her light around the room. A creaking sound started up. I bumped into Vini. We froze together like sweaty, melting popsicles. I heard a clacking, and my heart leapt into my throat. I relaxed when I realized the clacking was Vini's false teeth, and not some ghost demon with a chain about to brain us for coming to give him the final directions to hell. The creaking <coughs> was coming from a rocking chair that was in full swing. We could see the back of the chair and what looked like the clothed arms of a person resting on the armrests. We could see the top of a dingy, ragged bonnet. I felt a little odd, 
like I might wet my pants. Vini charged ahead. Spider webs flew everywhere. The BB pistol popped off. A shower of plaster fell on my head and into my eyes, blinding me. The rocking chair upended. A skeleton clattered onto the floor. She lay there, her bonnet askew, grinning up at us with rotten teeth. Something flew past me toward the door. It was fast and white and wheezing. It took me a moment for me to realize it wasn't a ghost, but Vini. Thank you.